I'm no different. I had the same thing. In the 16 years that I've been saved, what I've wanted to do is get other people saved, to share the gift that I was given, the gift that transformed my whole life. And you know, we are living in pretty chaotic days. We've just spoken about that. But we're not meant to be distracted. Our mission on earth is very clear. There we are evangelists. There we are to share the gospel. That was Jesus' mission when he arrived on earth, was to share the gospel, to make sure that people knew who he was, that he was the Christ, the Son of God. So soul winning is a big deal, isn't it? The very first value of this church is soul winning the heartbeat of God. And I know that when Pastor Robin and Pastor Don chose that, they would have very carefully selected that as the first value of this church. You are sitting in a church whose first value is evangelism, is sharing the gospel, winning souls. If you're a part of this church, then that means you're a part of that. John 3.16, they call it the mini-gospel. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So we know that the heartbeat of God is to see people come into relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. So those three things alone, the burning desire that you have in your heart already for people to get them saved, the fact that you're sitting in a church whose first value is soul winning, and the fact that your God puts at the top of his priority list winning human beings and having a relationship with them. That means that we are meant to be evangelists. We're not meant to be distracted. Our mission on earth is very clear. I want us to get a fire for this like never before. You know, we are living in a world and a culture that has seemingly discarded the need for salvation. But now more than ever, October 24th, 2021, is the time for us to share the gospel with everybody that we know. People are looking for hope. They're looking for peace. They're looking to feel love. There's no love that measures up to the love of God. There's no one else that can transform people. Jesus is a giver of hope. He's a father of life and the author of our salvation. The answer right now to the problems of the world is Jesus Christ. He always has been. He always will be. And so I know I'm talking to a church full of mature Christians, mostly. Some really immature people in here, actually. <laughs> Amy Alexander. Man. <laughs> I know I'm speaking to people who understand this, but... And it might sound like just a motivational speech, but this is me saying to you that now more than ever, the urgency to see people saved, the urgency to walk into your mission, which is to get people saved, has never been more important than now. You know, how do we know, uh, sorry, how do we know that the world needs a saviour? When you're talking to someone and they say, why do I need a saviour? How do we know? I'm going to use some scripture. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For every person is born into this world with a sin nature. We're born into this world with a sin nature. We're born into this world and we don't have the eternal life destiny. That comes when we receive Jesus Christ as our saviour. If we, if we don't do that, we fall short of the glory of God because we can't erase our own sin. Only Jesus can do that. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
The wages of sin is death. Death to a spiritual relationship with God. But that also could reference the fact that we have two choices in life. We can choose God or we can choose what's left over, which is the enemy. We can choose eternal life or we can choose to die at the end of our lives here. And the truth is, when we do that, we choose hell. You know, think about the people around you that you love that aren't saved yet. Think about their eternal destiny. For the wages of sin is death. I don't want the people around me that I love, that I care about, to end up somewhere that I never want to be. I want them to have everlasting life. If we care about the people around us, then we have to get an urgency in our heart, a fire, a burning desire to share the word of God with them, to share the gospel, the good news of the revelation that Jesus Christ is our Lord, our Savior, and our Deliverer. It's never been more important. And how do we know that our mission is to lead people into Christ? Well, I use these scriptures just about every time I preach. I fit them in with hope, worship, whatever I'm preaching about. I try and chuck them in. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is the heartbeat of God. We know that's what he wants for his, for his people, for his children. Mark 16.15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all of your world, everywhere that you go, and preach to everyone you know. Now, I'm not saying go into work on Monday and stand on a chair and start preaching the gospel. I'm saying start building relationships. I'm saying start building relationships so that you can sow into people's lives. So you have an opportunity, you've earned the right to sow into their lives, to share your testimony, to share the good news of God. Go into all the world and share the gospel with all creation. Now I know you've heard this before, but I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you all right now and that when we leave this place, we're immediately going to be urgent about sharing the gospel. Acts 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When you receive Jesus Christ, you receive the measure of the Holy Spirit. You receive the power of God in you. That spirit activated the code in you that says evangelist. And you are to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel. Now some of you may be meant to go out and be, do big tent meetings and the rest of it. But most of us are going to do it one by one. You know the thing about this church is it has deep foundations. We have mature Christians here. People who understand the word. You are built to disciple. You are built to mentor young Christians. We have a responsibility to God to do that. I try not to use notes, but I've got like three pages today. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Pastor Robin. Yeah, I'll see you in your office on Tuesday. <laughs> Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Make disciples of all the nations. Those scriptures alone tell us that we are meant to go out and lead people to the Lord. 
That's our job. That's our mission on earth. Our mission is not to be distracted by the strategies of the enemy. We have to be aware of what's going on in the world. We have to be aware of the strategies of the enemy. Of course we do. But man, don't take our eyes off the ball. Our job on this earth, our great commission, is to share the gospel and see people saved. You know, with all that's going on in the world, I'll tell you this, Jesus is building a new kingdom. He's building something new. That thing that's decaying that we're living in, he's building something new. Now, you can either watch that other world decay, or you can get on board and advance the kingdom of heaven on earth and help Jesus build that new kingdom, person by person, block by block. Even if you've been in the Lord for a long time, now today is the time to ignite, to fill yourself with fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit, to use your personality and your circle of friends and your circle of influence and start influencing them in this way, leading them to Jesus Christ, proclaiming the gospel, not just sharing it, but proclaiming it. The gospel is good news. It's the best news you ever got. When you got saved, if you're like me, it's the best thing that ever happened to me alongside Mary and Christine and have my kids. <laughs> I caught that one. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. I should never feel ashamed. I should never feel backward in coming forward with the gospel, should I? Because it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm proclaiming something amazing. I'm proclaiming something that's going to transform someone's life. They're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with love and joy and peace, faithfulness, goodness, kindness, patience, gentleness, and self-control. All of the things that the world is looking for right now. We can't be timid about sharing the word of God. We can't be timid about sharing the gospel. I'm not saying you are. I'm just trying to say, man, we need to proclaim the gospel. Everybody in this room has a, a circle of influence people that they can influence, their families. You know, if you're looking for someone to follow in terms of evangelist, it's, it's not Billy Graham, he's great. It's not Reinhard Bonnke. It's Jesus Christ. The OG, the original evangelist, the goat, the greatest of all time, the very first to do it. This is a man that did it for 18 months on this earth. And since then, there have been millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people saved because of Jesus Christ. Because people were obedient to the Holy Spirit and got other people saved through Jesus Christ. He is still the most famous name in human existence. You won't probably find a person on this earth who doesn't know the name of Jesus. That's the man you're talking about. That's the gospel, the good news that we're proclaiming is that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he wipes away all our sins. That he heals us of every sickness and every infirmity. That he transforms lives. I'm not a very excitable person, but I'm pretty excited about this. I'm containing myself. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about it because Jesus changed my whole life. Alison just talked about how he changed her life. Every single person in this room has a testimony to that. Every single person in this room has some other Christian friend who has an amazing testimony about what Jesus did in their lives.
I'm excited because it changed my whole life. Only I understand what that means for me. But you will understand what it meant for you too. I've heard news testimony. I've heard a few testimonies in this church. Nobody can do that but Jesus Christ. Nobody transforms hearts like that. You No amount of counselling, no amount of uh, good associations is going to change that, positive affirmations. All those things help. But Jesus Christ transforms hearts. I'm going to drill this because I believe in it so much and I want you all to leave here believing the same as I do if you don't already. I'm sure you do. But. So what was the style of Jesus Christ as an evangelist? You know, he, he had many ways of sharing with people, of winning souls. But there are four things that I've picked out that I like about the way he evangelized. And those four things are that he was relational. Jesus got to know people. He earned the right to sow into their lives. He often did that one-on-one. -on -one. He fed people. So he, he fed them physically, but he fed them spiritually. He filled the hole in their, in their hearts. He taught them the word of God. He opened up the scriptures and revealed the true nature of God to every person that he came across because he preached the truth, the word of God. He performed miracles. He revealed the power of God. He gave people words of knowledge. He healed people. He delivered people and he raised people from the dead. And he used the principle of multiplication. Jesus discipled people who discipled people who discipled people. That's why we've got millions and millions and have had millions and millions of Christians throughout the history of human existence. And so there's a story in the Bible in uh, John 4. It's the story of Jesus meeting the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Is it Samaritan woman? Samaritan? Samarian. I'm going to call her Samaritan. And I'm going to try and show you how I use those four things um, in that encounter. So just a little bit of background. The Jewish people hated the Samaritans. They hated each other. It was cultural, it was religious, it was racial. To the point where if the Jewish people were traveling down from Galilee to Judea or traveling back from Judea to Galilee, they would go along the coastline 70 miles out of their way so that they didn't step foot on the semi-pagan Samaritan land. And in this story, Jesus is heading up from Judea to Galilee. He's going there to proclaim that he is the Son of God, to share the gospel, to tell people that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that nobody comes to the Father except through him. Nobody enters heaven without Jesus. And we know what happens. He arrives there and his own people uh, reject him, and they have him crucified. But on the way up, Jesus decides to go straight through Samaria. And he ends up in a place that I'm going to call Sychar. I think it could be Sychar or Sychar. And he, he, he lands just outside the town at a well. And he stops for a drink because he's weary from the journey. And the disciples carry on into the township to get supplies. And so Jesus has already broken barriers and boundaries. He's already stepped into Samaria. He's sitting at the well. And I believe he was waiting for that woman. I believe that Jesus Christ, he came in a flesh suit. He had a mind, will, and emotions. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He had no sin on him. And so I imagine that he heard very, very clearly, crystal clear from God. And that he was 100% obedient. And so this appointment with this woman was a divine appointment that God wanted to happen, and it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the woman arrives, she arrives in the middle of the day, she arrives alone. And in that day, women didn't travel alone because of security reasons. 
It was the middle of the day, so the sun was at its hottest. When the women were going to the well, they went in the cool of the day. So now Jesus, it's apparent to Jesus that not only is this woman an outcast, she's a Samaritan, she's an outcast within the outcasts. But he still sits there to start a relationship with her. Jesus is relational. I believe he's trying to tell us that no one, you don't discriminate against anyone when you're sharing the gospel. You don't look at circumstances. And so he started a conversation with this woman. And he talked about living water. He talked about everlasting life. This woman is already confused because Jesus is a Jewish man. He's speaking to her. He's saying things that she's struggling to understand. But she's listening anyway. See, Jesus sat there and he taught the word. He opened up the scriptures. He revealed the true nature of God to her. All she knew about Jewish people was that they hated her people. But Jesus showed her something different. He showed her grace and love. And he fed her. He fed her the word. And then he gave her a word of knowledge. So she's already confused. He says, go and get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. And Jesus is like, yeah, I know that because you've already been divorced five times. And the man that you're with now is not your husband. But still, I want to talk to you. And when he gave her that truth, that word of knowledge, of course, it convinced her that there was something different about this guy, Jesus. She was already talking to him about the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah. And she must have realized, man, I think I'm talking to the Messiah. I think I'm talking to the Son of God. And so she runs back to her village and she tells everybody there. Now, this is an outcast within the outcasts. Her testimony must have been so powerful that when she spoke, the other people listened. It must have been so powerful. And they followed her back to Jesus. And I believe that Jesus had the first evangelistic outreach meeting there with, with those people, and he no doubt shared about God. But that was the principle of multiplication and action. Jesus spoke to one person. He was relational. He fed her. He performed a miracle. And he used multiplication to get more people involved. Those are four little things that we can use. You know that all of us have the power and the capability of using those four things. To be relational, to open up the scriptures to people, to share revelations. We all have the power to perform miracles. Jesus tells us that when he left, he said, a helper will come and you will do greater things than me. And we can all use the principle of multiplication by discipling people. Those are four simple things, and I'm sure that you guys have used those things before. But if you're looking for a way to evangelize, Jesus Christ is the best example that you'll ever find. The thing I love about that is Jesus went to a person who would have been the least likely. He always did. And he was able to change her heart and he was able to display the nature of God and all of those things. We need to be looking around us for opportunities. If you listen to the Holy Spirit, if I listen to the Holy Spirit, I will be guided to the right opportunities. And then I can be bold. Because I know I'm meant to be there. Jesus knew he was meant to be at that well. The circumstances suggested he should have never been anywhere near that well. He certainly shouldn't have been speaking to this woman. Even culturally during that time, you weren't meant to speak to a woman by herself if she wasn't your wife. But he still did it. He broke barriers and boundaries. You know, there are Christians in the body of Christ who won't cross the room to share the gospel. And yet Jesus broke every boundary and every barrier to get there to speak to that woman and share with her. 
There are men that built ships to cross the seas, to cross the oceans, to share the word of God all over the world. Will we cross the room? Will we just send someone a text? Will we meet with someone and have a coffee? Will we choose to disciple someone? Let me tell you that the time is short. You know, Pastor Lisa just spoke about the fact that, you know, we're coming to the end. We're not at the end end, but we're coming there. We can see the end. Our time, the time of human existence is short. But equally, our time on earth is short. The average mortality rate for a male across the earth is 70 years old. The average mortality rate for a female is 73 years old. Now, I know everybody in this room is going to beat that number. I'm intending to get 120, but let's just say that I only get 90. I'm 54 now. No gasps. <laughs> I'm 54 now. What? Yeah, I am 54, guys. I'm 54 now. That gives me 36 years to get urgent about what I'm meant to do on this earth. 36 years of sharing the gospel. 36 years of building relationships. 36 years of advancing the kingdom of heaven on earth. 36 years of committing to the cause. 36 years of getting closer to God each and every day. 36 years of being guided by the Holy Spirit to appointments that I don't even know about. I have 36 years. And let me tell you, that is a drop in a bucket. It's a drop in the bucket in life, and it's a drop in the bucket on the eternal timeline of life. Our time is short. We have no time to waste. Don't think that you have all day, every day to waste. And I'm not saying you do. The most important thing we're ever going to do for God is share the gospel, is disciple people, is bring people into the knowledge of of God. We have to be an example in our communities. We are tasked with proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, that he is our saviour and our deliverer. The people around you that are looking for answers are looking for Jesus Christ, they don't even know it. Our job is to introduce the King of Kings to these people, the King of Righteousness, the King of Glory, the Prince of Peace. All of the things that Jesus is to you, we have a chance to introduce him to other people. Glory be to Jesus. We are the children of God, right? We are the army of God. And we're talking about uniting. Well, let's build the army. Yeah, less yeses on that one. Let's build the army. Let's evangelize. Every person in this room has that code in their DNA. You are evangelists. Ken's an evangelist. News an evangelist. Paul Maloney's an evangelist. Some girls. Cheyenne's an evangelist. Karen's an evangelist. Lindsay's an evangelist. We're all tasked with that. Among everything else we do, we're tasked with evangelizing. We're sharing the gospel. I know it sounds like I'm just going over and over it. It's because I am. There is nothing more important that you'll do in your life than share the gospel. If you think in, everlast in the terms of everlasting life, there's nothing more important that you'll do then get someone to heaven. Make sure that when they leave this place, they go to heaven. And there's nothing more important that you can do on earth than build the kingdom that Jesus is building alongside the decaying world we live in.
So, for everybody sitting here, if you don't know Jesus Christ, then you have a chance to get to know him today. If you've been in God, if you've known Jesus, but maybe you've gone a little bit cold, maybe you're not sure, then we can pray for you today and you can make sure that you're right with God. You can ensure the security of where you're going when you die, that you will go to heaven. It's the most important decision that you'll ever make in your life. Can we have the lights down a little bit, please? Just a little bit, bro. A bit more. Yeah, cool. Okay. I know that most of you in this room already know Jesus, but there may be someone here who doesn't. You know what that means? It just means that this whole moment is for you. This whole moment is for you. And so I'm going to ask everybody to close their eyes and bow their heads. And if you want to get to know Jesus Christ, then you just pop your hand up. We're going to give it a couple of minutes. As you're sitting there, just pray. Thank you, Jesus.